Woo! Good morning, Ron. How are you doing? Ron, not going to talk. You guys just sit back. Shane, you can be in the... Good morning. Is everybody good? I got to ask you a question. Trick question. Now listen really carefully. How many of you have perfect attendance at Journey Church's 9 o'clock service? Did everybody got it right. Okay, okay. Everybody got it right. You're here. This is it. We kicked it off. Guys, we got some work to do now. This is so exciting. People say, well, look what you just did. There's nobody here. We got another service to go. And let me tell you, think about it this way. You, people say, well, I'd like to do some missions work. You just did. You just created a parking space for someone at the 11 o'clock service that may not have had a parking space. And I know you don't necessarily see that, but we do. And our parking has been at about 999 to 200% capacity, no, you, that's not possible. I, I don't know how these guys do it. They just keep squeezing cars in. But, but because we're doing this, there's capacity. Now, the great part is there's capacity for this service as well. So we've got some work to do. And, and we started this thing five and a half years ago. Uh, we didn't know what was going to happen, and we're here today starting our second service, which is a testament to your, your, your work and your ethic and just what you've done, and we're going we're gonna, to watch what happens. If you could do a lapsed time thing, this would probably be pretty cool to watch this thing just fill back up. So thank you. That's, that's pretty amazing. Uh, I need to apologize. It snowed us out last Sunday, and, if, and I'm not going to apologize for the snow. I have no control in that. Yeah, I love the snow. Uh, I wish it would snow on Sunday, uh, Monday night, though, not Sunday, Sunday, Saturday night, but that's just me. But I will tell you this. I had announced that if you would watch Fox 8, we would put the cancellations on there. Did any of you do that? A couple of you. It was pretty hard to find. They put a V in front of Journey Church, and it's in alphabetical order. Yeah, yeah it, it got kind of difficult. I'm sitting there going nuts on the phone, and you can't get anybody. And I'm they, and actually there was a there was Journey Church of Ashborough, so I tried to cancel theirs. <laughs> I thought they've got it wrong. They got the wrong idea, and I thought, well, I can't do that. And then and then we have some really smart people here. Rick Wyatt was nice enough to say, Mark, if you'll look, they put a V in front of it, so it's on there. So until uh, we can get it changed, I would just tell you, they're saying we may have some more bad weather long term. If we do, look at Journey and look at V. I'm going to try to get the V taken off, hopefully, so I'll really confuse you. Uh, uh, yeah, there you go. So anyway, so that, I apologize for that, but thank you guys for being here today. This is, this is the beginning of something new. I think it's exciting, and I know it's going to be fun. It is, it's just going to be, it's going to be a blast. So, in that we missed last Sunday, I got to go back two weeks. So, if you were here two weeks ago, we started talking about 2017. And I'm excited about 2017 for a lot of different reasons. I'm excited for my, my family, my wife and I. I'm excited for this church. I'm excited that Christ is the center of my life and, and my family's life and, and that he's the center of this church. And because of that, I think 2017 is going to be absolutely Amazing. I, I know it is. I've, I've watched what's happened in this church. And by the way, I'm a, I'm, you guys have heard me say this. I like numbers, so I, I kind of track numbers a little bit. And it's not the metrics of, of a healthy church, but it is the metrics you can use in a church. And our growth this year was 28%. Uh, yeah, and that's pretty awesome. I, I can tell you because not only do I track ours, but I watch, I watch the, the national numbers, and, and that's, that's pretty impressive. Now, that's all glorious to God that our church grew, period. Even at 1%, that's, that's, that's his glory and, and his doings. We didn't do that. We've, you know, we built this thing on Acts, one of the things is Acts 15, 19, which says just make it easy for them to come. And, and when you do that, I think you will see that growth continue, and we're going to continue to do that. Now, we're going to make it really difficult for people to stay the same in a life of sin and brokenness. So it's not a matter of coming and just feel good about it. It's a matter of coming and experience life change. But we, we grew at this, this, this rate of 28%. 
And, and I'm excited. The reason I think we did that, number one, is just simply this. If you're here two weeks ago, we talked about what the catalyst of your life is. And Christ is the catalyst. It's the center point of this church. And so we, we've, we've grown at that rate, and I think that's amazing. But I think 2017's got even more promise. We just doubled the capacity of this church. In one swoop, we doubled the parking capacity, we doubled our kids' capacity, we doubled our seating capacity. Now, it's, it's a little dry. Listen, these, this praise team was here at what time? 7.30 this morning? They give freely, and we're going to have to ask people to do that, to step up and give freely. But here's what I would say. With Christ as our catalyst, we, we grew at 20. I think in 2017, we should expect no less than about 100% growth. Amen. I mean, the seating capacity is here. Yeah, yeah, I'd applaud that one, too, because I think, listen, I think that's amazing. We should expect, and, and that's not just, don't, people say, well, boy, you and Matt better get busy. <laughs> you, who excluded you? Christ sure didn't. He said, if you're my follower, go make disciples. Yeah, tell it. Thank you. Let's have some fun today, man. Tell it. And just what you should do when you leave here. You're going to get me so off track. That's okay. You keep it up, man. I love this. So, so we should grow at 100%. And I know there's somebody out there going, wow, I don't know. That's a little crazy. 100%? Really? Double your, your capacity? Well, let me tell you, if you were here two weeks ago, I think that's a little silly. I really do to grow at 100%. Because last week, if you recall, two weeks ago, Paul said this in Ephesians uh, chapter 3. He said this, Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. So if I'm asking 100%, I hope, I hope He stretches us to the point of 400%. And it's not, yeah, I mean, that's probably silly because, I mean, we're talking about the Creator. I've got a buddy sitting over here nodding his head because he projected a long time ago what we could do. And we're not there yet. Listen, two services, Matt and I talk a lot about this. I believe this, and, and listen, if this, is, if this causes you to get nauseous, throw up. I don't care. We'll clean it up. Uh, I, I believe that this is a Band-Aid. This is a Band-Aid. We're already looking at where we can knock out walls. And, and I, I, I can say that, and I can say it with confidence because I believe in the God I serve. And when I read this, that he's able to do infinitely more than we might ask or think I can think really big, and he can still do more. Amen. There you go. God, I'm telling you, when I look around, people say, well, I would be a little disappointed with all these empty seats. I'm thinking, holy cow, we get to fill them. We get to fill them. Yeah. And I hope we fill them again and again and again and again and again. And then I hope we knock out the walls and we fill that one again. You get the point? 2017 2000, should, should be awesome, amazing years it just should we serve the king of kings no excuses we serve the king of kings Amen. Um, it's amazing i think at our beck and call we have the most powerful thing in the universe called the holy spirit no excuses guys as we go forward in 2017 so today so today i'm going to start over the next couple weeks i want to give you three things one today, one next week, and one the next. I want to give you three things that I think will improve your 2017. I think it will improve the life of this church in 2017. I think it will improve your personal life in 2017. I think, I think it will make you a better husband or a better wife, a better parent, a better child, a better employer, a better employee, a better friend. I would say it would make you a better enemy, but I think it will make your enemies disappear. Yeah, I don't think you, you, you'll be an enemy anymore. I think it'll make your enemies disappear. And it's, it's really pretty simple. I mean, it, it really is. Um, 
But it all goes back to what's the catalyst of your life. It, it really does. It all starts with what's the catalyst of your life. And, and let me tell you this. This is something, this is kind of cliche. But I don't know if you can put what I gave you on the screen. Um, I, I can sit up here and Matt can sit up here and we can preach and teach all we want. But no advice on success works unless you do. So I'm going to give you something today that's very biblical. And it will absolutely change your life. But it will only change your life if you will do it. Okay? If, if, if we just say it, then it's just hollow words out there floating around. I don't think it has any impact on you whatsoever. And, and listen, if you're, here, if you're in this group today and you're not a follower of Christ, this is true for you too. Uh, you can get worldly advice on success, but if you don't apply it and don't use it, it has no value. Just done. We had a great ladies' conference yesterday. And I know they, they taught some stuff in there that was really valuable. It really was. But if it's just words hanging in this room and you didn't embody it and take it out and put it into practice, then guess what? It's gone. It, it won't work. If you don't apply it, it will not. I just don't think it has any value that it will change anything in your life if you just let it hang there and, and do nothing with it. The same, the same is true. God's Word will move you. No doubt in my mind. It will absolutely move you. But you have to first study it, and then you have to put it in action. So the things I'm going to give you are really, really for you to put into action in your spiritual walk over the next couple of weeks. And it's pretty interesting to me. It, it, I, Paul writes so much of the New Testament. So he's kind of hard not to go to Paul when we talk about things like this. So today I want to share a little bit with you from, from a letter that Paul wrote to the church of Thessalonica. And, and what you kind of need to know, this, this was really a, was a baby church. So he's, he's writing this as a pretty short letter. He wrote 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians, and we're going to be in 1st. But he wrote this little short letter, and there was really, as I read it, there's three real primary purposes of it, of this little letter. And, and the first one is this, is to, to remind them of the truth of the gospel. The gospel being Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Paul's writing saying you, you really need to grab hold of that because what it's telling you is, is Jesus is the Son of God. It's really kind of the, one of the purposes of the gospel is to tell us and remind us that Jesus is the Son of God. And with that said, then it goes back to what we talked about two weeks ago. If he's the Son of God, then he needs to be the catalyst of mine in your life. And, and that's what Paul's telling this young church. He says, you guys really need to grab hold of this. And in this letter, he, he brings that home. He also says, he says, listen, he said, you should lead a good and pleasing life for Christ. You should. That's what we should strive to do in our lives today is we should strive to live a good and pleasing life based on the teachings of Jesus, not on the laws necessarily, because Christ came and, and, and things changed there. So if we get caught up in this law stuff, and I'm not, he, Christ also says, I didn't come to replace them, come to fulfill them. But we should live a life that's good and pleasing to Christ. And that sometimes causes a little bouncing act in our, in, in our part. He also, one of the purposes is to ensure them that Christ, that, that they not long ago had experienced on earth, that was crucified and rose again, that he would return again so Paul lays all this out for them and, and it it just really kind of pulls together to this young church and I think about journey church as that same church as this young church and we've got to embody these same teachings sometimes we, we I understand if you're a follower and you've been in the word you understand that Christ is the son of God you understand that you should live a good and pleasing life you understand that he's coming again. But we have, a, we have a responsibility to duplicate that, to share it and share it again and again and again. And that's why we hope we see growth and continue to move on. But it's, it's pretty neat to me. As, and I told you I'd give you three things. And I'm going to get to one of those because we now have to stay on somewhat of a time schedule. That's going to be hard. We'll be okay. 
we'll be okay. So I want, I want to share that with you. But it was, it's interesting. How many of you, maybe none of you, I'm old, and I'm starting to realize that in this crowd. I'm old. How many of you remember what Cliff's notes were? Anybody? Yeah. For those of you, if there's anybody here that don't, Cliff's notes when you were in school was, was the way when you went out the night before when you should have stayed home and read and studied and you didn't, you bought a set of Cliff's notes. And Cliff's notes was the summary synopsis of whatever the book may be, whether it was a book or uh, a, it was a book all the way. Shakespeare, a lot of that stuff was on Cliff's notes. So you could read it and it, it broke it down. It gave you the finer points of what that was on. And then you would go in really confident for your exam because you read Cliff's notes, not, not the book, and you think, I got this, but what you forgot is your professor knew that's what you did, so guess where none of the questions came from? Cliff's notes. Yeah. Cliff, they didn't. I mean, I'm sorry. We, we, I never used them. I'm in church, man. Maybe once. Cliff's notes. But, 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 but Cliff notes aren't all that bad either. I, I, and I'll tell you how I did use them. I lied. I, did, I have used them. But they were great outlines. They really were. They were good outlines. They would take a 400-page a, a book and give you a, a really fine an outline that you could work with. Paul gives you Paul's notes in Thessalonians, in the, in the book. And, and when he's writing this letter to the Thessalonians, in Thessalonians, I think Paul, at the end of it, gives us what I'm calling Paul's notes. And, and I would advise you this particular scripture. I, you might want to Make you a copy of it, because I think it's very pertinent today. I think it serves the same point as Cliff's notes when, it, when I say an outline. You need to study it all. You need to study it all. But I know this. Our mind, our capacity is, we, is, is limited, but not limited. I get that. But we remember certain things. But why not? There's certain things that Paul lays out here that as a young church he thought was important to them, and I think it's important to us. And there's a takeaway in it that I think we can apply to our lives that will make 2017 better. So let me share what I'm calling Paul's notes. And this is in uh, Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians 5, and we'll pick it up in verse 12. Listen to this. This is pretty good stuff. I don't care how you shake it out. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. And you're going, well, that's why you read it. And you're saying, no, that's not why I read it. That's just one of the, that's the way he starts it. They work hard. That would be me. I work hard. I'm kidding. We'll get serious. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work. And live peacefully with each other. Pretty good advice. We should live peacefully with each other. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. It's pretty good advice. Uh, encourage those who are timid, take care of those who are weak, be patient with everyone. Sounds like pretty good notes to me for a young church. Sounds to me like pretty good notes for an old church. Sounds to me like pretty good notes for you and I as individuals. Because after all, the church is not a building, it's what? People. People. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. Wow, that's so powerful. I think as a church... I'm going to divulge it. We, we lost that one. We, we at points, there was a time when we kind of lost focus of that. But he says, be kind to uh, all people. Mm. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for those, for you who belong to Jesus Christ. Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Do not scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of of evil now listen i could take that whole thing and we could probably preach through next year 
if we just took Paul's notes right there, broke them out one at a time, and applied them to our lives. That's powerful. And I'm not kidding you. If, if I were you and I've done this, I would, I would highlight that or break it out somehow and just maybe in the mornings when you get up, take a refresher. And then when you have the exams during the day and the guy cuts you off in traffic, you say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Be patient with everybody but the guy that cut me off in traffic. You're already having a better year. And if you put that into practice, because I'm going to tell you, I've learned. I'm a very impatient person. And I've learned patience is so much better. My blood pressure doesn't go up. I'm calmer. I'm getting way off. But, I'm, but, but it is. We can just take these and we can put them into practice. And it's amazing what it will do to us and for us. But there's one particular in there that I pulled out that I think will change your 2017. I know it will. Without a shadow of a doubt, I know it will. All of these will. And I'm not saying this one trumps those. This one, this one enables the rest of them. It absolutely does. This one enables the rest of them. It'll empower you. It'll enable you to do the others. And it's really simple. It's in verse 17. Never stop praying. In 2017, listen to me really carefully. In 2017, never stop praying. I don't care. This. And you say, well, I can't, I can't stay in prayer all day. i got a job to do. That's not what I'm saying. I understand that. Paul understood that. Paul understood that. But the thought should be we should never stop praying. We always have the ability to turn to our Heavenly Father. Always. Always. It's amazing to me. We talk in... in corporate worship we have believers we have non-believers we have people that are on the fence and i hear i've heard people say this well i don't pray because i don't necessarily have a relationship with with god i understand that you should want one though and let me tell you what i have learned our best relationships are with those we talk to the most if you're here today and you have a, a husband or a wife or child before you had a husband or wife you didn't have a relationship with that person either but you developed it by communicating it with them. You do. So you want to have a, 2007, a better 2017. To me, it boils down to the catalyst of your life and how much you communicate with the catalyst of your life, which should be our Heavenly Father. And we do that through prayer. So I would tell you, if, you're, if, you're, if, you're on the, if you, know, you haven't made a decision, you're not a follower of Christ, then stay with me here. Stay with me on this because you want to have that relationship. And you develop that relationship two ways. One is, is by studying His Word. It's critical. And two is by talking to him. And you talk to him through prayer. And people say, well, I don't, I don't know how to pray. Prayer is just talking. Calling on your heavenly father. Well, I can't see him. So? I, I'm, that's all I can say to that. So? You, then you can't see the air you're breathing. Quit breathing. Quit. See what happens. You're going to pass out. You're not going to die, they tell me. Don't try it, please. Pray to your heavenly father. Call on him. But now, if you're a follower of Christ, I think it's absolutely essential that we pray, and we pray without ceasing, that we, that we pray continuously regardless. And, and here's why I think it's, it's so critical that we pray. See, it's really all about faith. It's really, in my mind, this is, this is open hand to me. There's open hand, closed hand. It's all about faith. And, and faith allows us to see the impossible. 
Faith allows us to see a church go from being non-existent to starting two services in, in January of 2017. That's what faith does. Faith engages Christ. When we have faith, it engages Christ to act on mine and your behalf. You ever thought about that? If your catalyst is Christ, then our faith in Him engages Him to move and act on our behalf. Our Heavenly Father. When we have faith in Him, it engages Him to act on our behalf. And when we do see, see and do that, you can imagine and you can see the impossible happen. Because here's what I know about my Heavenly Father. He's a creator. Yeah, he's a creator. He's a healer. He's a savior. You, you want me to keep going with this? You start to get the point. And that's who my faith is in. I mean, that, absolutely, that just kind of defines it in a nutshell. That's who my faith is in. So if my faith is in my Heavenly Father, then how does my prayer, how does prayer and faith go hand in hand? Well, our prayer goes back to your catalyst. If you're praying, now you can pray to that stand right there. Good luck. My catalyst, my faith is in Jesus Christ and my Heavenly Father. My prayer projects that faith to Him. That the faith, that, that, that I'm not praying because I think I can do it. I'm praying because I know, I know He can do it. Faith, prayer projects our faith. So, so you, can, you can project it anywhere you want. I'm going to project my faith on Jesus Christ. And guess what I'm going to experience in 2017? The blessings of, of, of Jesus Christ. Now, this isn't prosperity gospel, so if you're going there, you can forget that. This is His will that I'm praying for. Not my fortune, but His will. Now, I, I think if you want to pray for fortune, that's okay. You go for it, and you, who knows, because we'll talk about that in a minute. But I'm projecting, and I'm praying, and I'm projecting my faith in His will. But my prayers project my faith on and in my Heavenly Father. When I call on my Father, my Heavenly Father, I'm asking Him for whatever it is in my prayers, and I'm projecting the faith that it's going to happen in Him and Him alone. And Him alone. And because of that, without a shadow of a doubt, I think 2017 will be so much better when I remember to pray continually. But my prayers in faith, I believe this. Maybe open I, It's not open I believe this. Our prayers in faith move our Heavenly Father to act on our mind and your behalf. They do. You're saying, wait a minute. The Creator, I can... I can Pray in faith and expect Him to move on my behalf. Absolutely. Listen, I believe this, and, this, and I'll tell you why I believe this in a minute. I believe our prayers in faith to our Heavenly Father when we're projecting to our faith in our Heavenly Father, we move mountains. You say, well, I can't move a mountain. Some of you say, I have no desires to move a mountain. Listen, I do. And, and, and I believe we can, and I believe Journey Church has moved mountains. People say, well, I, I, don't, I don't know if I agree. I'll give you what the mountain is. See, it's not a big pile of dirt with, with trees and and rocks and that stuff the mountain that i've prayed about for a long time was to be able to at least crack to at least crack the walls of the local church anybody want to talk about that one at journey church because guess what we're cracking and when i say that it's because we projected faith in god this wasn't us because this has happened in my prayer life this has happened over seven or eight years that i've been pr pr just praying that God would, would move that mountain, that would open the doors, that we could walk into the public schools and with the love of Christ, not the, the bats to beat them up and bash them because they took prayer out and because they don't love Jesus, but that we could take it back in the doors. And guess what, guys? We're doing it. That, that mountain is moving. 
may not be your mountain. I don't know, but that's my mountain. It's one of many. It's one of Matt's. That mountain is moving. That mountain is shaking. That mountain is actually, I don't know how earthquakes work exactly, but I'm going to guess that mountain is crumbling. That the found, very foundation of it is crumbling and it's moving. And as long as we're projecting our faith in God, guess what? It will not withstand the thunder that comes. Just like I think we'll fill this room back up. No doubt in my mind. It's amazing. It's amazing. How do I know that? How do I know that our prayers and faith will move mountains? Because the Bible tells me so. I think that's a song, isn't it? I'm not going to sing. Let me tell you why I know that's true. <coughs> that our prayers will move mountains. If you go to Mark, the gospel, we go all the way back to who's your catalyst. And their catalyst is Christ. And the gospels are talking about the life of Christ. And Paul in his, in his clip, Paul's notes says, says, listen, you need to remember the gospels. You need to have faith in the gospels. Well, this is what the gospels say about our prayers in Mark 11. Verse 22, then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. I tell you the truth, you can say to this mountain, you may be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. School systems will crack, we will walk in the doors. That's not in there, I added that. May you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. How many of you pray with no doubt in your heart? You need to ask yourself that one. That's what, this is what Jesus says. Have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you received it, it will be yours. You can move mountains in 2017. Journey Church can move mountains. Yeah. Come on, man. We need to celebrate that. You can move mountains. I don't want to hear, well, we can't do that. That's too big. I serve the King of Kings. And he says, if you'll pray in faith, God's will, you can move mountains. There's an old scholarly guy, his name's E.M. Bounds. He wrote a book called The Necessity of Prayer, and I think E.M. Bounds lived during the Confederate War. He wrote something really interesting about this very specific passage. And I want you to listen to this, and we're going to close with this, but I want you to listen to what E.M. Bounds said about this very passage that says, I tell you, you can pray for anything, and if you believe that you receive it, it will be yours. This is what E.M. Bounds said. It said, faith must be definite, specific, and unqualified unmistakable request for the things asked for. It is not to be vague, indefinite, shadowy things. It must be something more than abstract beliefs in God's willingness and ability to do for us. It is to be a definite, specific asking for, listen to this, and expecting, and expecting the things for which we ask. It's not that difficult, guys. You want to see 2017 change? You want to see 2017 improve? I go all the way back. Go all the way back. When we read, never stop praying. You want to know the answer? You want to know? I'm telling you, apply this. This is one of three. You don't want to miss next week and the next, or you won't get all three. This is just one, but you should never stop praying. But E.M. Bound said, and I love this, he said, you got to pray expecting. you got to pray expecting. It is to be a definite, specific asking for and expecting the things for which we ask. Because if you pray it and don't expect it, then guess what? You have no faith at all. 
You have no faith. And I'm projecting my faith on my Heavenly Father who is the Creator, the Healer. And I don't think He can move the mountains in my life. And we wonder why we come up short and empty. Start praying. God, real simple. In 2017, listen, I'm praying for another mountain to move. I'm going to continue shaking the schools. I'm praying for this mountain. This mountain is that these seats would not be empty too long. That the next service, those seats would not be empty too long. I'm praying that then when those seats are full, then we're sitting there going, oh my gosh. would say scratching her hair, but Ron can't do that. What are we going to do next? What are we going to do next? We needed a tension breaker there, Ron, and you were it. Guys, I'm excited. I'm telling you, if, if you're here today and you're a follower of Christ, join us in prayer. Matt, Matt's going to be leading an amazing prayer service. Amazing. I'm telling you, it's going to be amazing. That you're going to see churches come together. Christ is glorified when we're unified. I know that. No doubt in my mind about that. Christ is glorified when we're unified. Christ is glorified when this church unifies and we pray together. We pray that, that, that he moves the mountains that keeps the lost from walking in the doors. Just pray with me as we go through 2017. If you're here today and you don't have Christ, I'm praying that Christ, that God will move that mountain. That whatever's keeping you from a relationship with Jesus Christ, that God will tear that mountain down. And if, you, if it's something you need to talk about, you come find me between now and the next service. I'd love to talk to you. We'll, we we, we want to see that mountain fall and crumble. We want you to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, today we give you all the praise and all the glory. We lift up your holy name as the creator, the savior, the healer. All those things you can do, you can move mountains, Father. And when you tell us, we call on your name and we do it with faith and and we're specific and we ask and we expect that we'll see amazing things. And Father, somebody's going to try it and they're going to say, well, I didn't get it. I know your will and your, your way always trumps mine. So we have to understand these prayers are lifted up in faith for the best for you, not us. So we thank you for that, Father. We thank you that you look after us, that you love your children enough not to answer the prayers the way that we pray them sometimes. But then when we seek your glory, all things are possible. For that, I am so moved, so moved to be a child of God. I am so thankful. We thank you. We praise you. We look forward to 2017 with you as the center of our prayers. Amen.